Drinking with Authors contains adult themes and subjects, including discussions involving alcohol. We ask if you are drinking along to please drink and listen responsibly. Enjoy the show. Okay, and welcome to Drinking with Authors. I'm one of your hosts, Erica Lance, and with me as always is... Austin Scott Collins. I say as always, but last one you weren't with me because you were being fabulous somewhere as, else. As semi-always. As semi-always. Okay, and today... Always with, with exceptions. Always with a little little asterisk that it might not always be always. Have yeah. you always been unable to say asterisk? Asterisk. Yeah, <laughs> no, apparently I can't. <laughs> I would like to say that was related directly to the proportional amount of alcohol I've had, but that hasn't happened yet. Hey, guess what? What? We have an author here. We do. We should probably introduce him. Austin, would you do the honors? Yes. So Amanda Bird is an author of, how would you describe yourself as as an author, as a human being, as a genre, as a phenomenon? (laughs) I was going to use the term horror writer. Are you comfortable with that? I'm good with that. Okay, horror writer Amanda Bird. And serial killers do fall under the horror realm. Character slaughterer. Yeah, she's. I am. I call myself the chief character killer. Mm-hmm. That's one of my things. Um, and then I have my dead character society hashtag on Twitter. So I am the creator of Brittany Cage, serial killer at large. Very cool. Wait, before we get into the serial killer at large, we're supposed to t- say what we're drinking, so people want to drink along with us. Oh. So what are you drinking, Amanda? You had a request, so what are you drinking? Yeah, Amanda's doing the white girl wasted thing with the hard seltzers. Uh, this is Truly, and my current flavor is Wildberry. I have Henry's at home because it's less calories, and I'm kind of on a weight loss thing right now. So <laughs> Less calories when you're drunk. Austin, what are you drinking? My drink has five ingredients. It's got rum and Coke, rum, rum, and rum. Oh, cool. And two ice cubes to keep it cold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, they're act- it's frozen rum. It's frozen rum. <laughs> uh, just a little tinkling of rum. So my drink this week was actually the same one as I had last time because I really enjoy it, which is uh, vodka that is cucumber and mint infused and soda water. Ooh. I feel like I'm being super fancy drinking. That, that. sounds delicious. Again, please drink responsibly or just unresponsibly in your own home and don't leave. Okay, going back uh, to the character killer, Amanda, tell us about your latest book. So the first book in 13 Reasons for Murder is out. Uh, That is the name of the series. That's not a joke. Uh, The second book comes out the end of this month. It's called Meathead, where Brittany targets none of these books are are meant to be read as a standalone i feel like i should acknowledge that um just because for whatever reason my dark fantasy series people made it a point to say that don't read this as a standalone because it is part of a a saga which okay i i get that but it's also list like on the cover so if you're gonna throw that out there you've got to explain your dark fantasy series my dark fantasy series is. is um the dr van wolf saga and and we follow Dr. Miranda Van Wolf on her quest for a cure from being part vampire, part werewolf, and still somehow defying all fantasy rules and being part human. And uh, how many books in that series? Three. And it's also available as a digital box set as well. So. And was that your first series? It was. I think that was me kind of finding my... My groove in writing and what worked for me and what didn't work for me and and obviously character killing because I mean seriously how else is a is a hybrid supposed to live they have to kind of eat blood and stuff so, so you, hit, you hit the third book and you realized okay the story's finished that. I did I did I, that was the plan to just keep it as third book and and go off on that and thirteen reasons for murder actually came about as kind of a joke at first. Um, Spooky Empire 2000, joke. yes, Spooky Empire 2018, I believe it was. Yeah, because last year was 19. So we were talking about something, and I was like, somebody should come up with a series called 13 Reasons for Murder. And everybody on, everybody else on the panel just kind of sat, turned, and looked at me, and they're like, that should be you, because it's like totally your idea, and you should totally be the one to, to write it, because you're going to be the one to make it fun. And... Uh, when I launched it, October 31st of 2019, it was my highest launch yet. Um, 
So I'm really hoping for some great things out of this series. And the lead character of this series. Okay, so first of all, um, she's she's tracking a serial killer, correct? She is the serial killer. She is the serial killer. Yes. Okay. Uh, and it's first person POV, so it's fun. It definitely leaves room for unreliable narrator and all that kind of fun stuff. I'm handing Austin one of the books because you politely brought the books with you for us. I did. Um, which is always good. So let's wait. Let's go back a tick. We need to go back a tick. We usually do. Um, let's talk about where when you decided you wanted to be a writer. So I started writing in 2015. I worked for an automotive website and I wrote their blog and updated product descriptions and such, which is funny because I can't I pay someone to write my blurbs because I can't. I can't do it, which is weird because basically it's a product description. I just suck at apparently writing my own. I don't know. It's it's an odd thing. You need some distance. It's like you can't be your own lawyer. It's yeah. Like you can't tickle yourself. I don't want to be my own accountant either. And, well, the tickling remains to be figured out. However. <laughs> okay. So you're writing for an automotive blog, and then how does that transition to being a fiction writer? We we or joke. not fiction. We're not sure about this last book, but go ahead. It's it's <laughs> it started as nonfiction. Um, we were joking about because there were th- only three girls in the office, so we were joking about somebody should write a book about how to be an adult. I need Amazon to remove that and its follow up because wow, those were pretty vicious so you you wrote a book about how to be an adult uh, like more like a novella novelette kind of thing you know like basically don't do it it's a trap um being an adult sucks bills so, so you wrote your paycheck books, goes to so the bills like and you self-published i did i did it through uh was it create space at the time okay now i go through ingram quality is is a big thing and amazon isn't known for it with the their paperbacks they're getting better from what i hear but i'll stick with ingram just because they're a worldwide distributor got it so you write um two novelettes on not being an adult yes and you're like that's it i'm going to write horror stories it was yeah similar to not being an adult is horror stories and and fiction and stuff because i mean that's that's my thing that's your thing Okay, cool. So let's talk about, so you write these two books, they go out, and then you... The three, yeah. Then you wrote three more in a series. So you had two non-adulting, then you wrote three in the vampire werewolf human hybrid series, which sounds like something that would be on the CW. And then you decided to go... Uh, CW, if you're listening, (laughs) that's Amanda Bird. Amanda Bird. Hey, hey, she's still human. She's still part human. I'm sure you can get the girl who played Elena to do it. Um, No, she's a lot like Klaus Michelson. Oh, really? That's what I say, yeah. People are like, so it's kind of like the Vampire Diaries. And I'm like, well, um, yeah, but she's more like Klaus. Like, she's got Klaus's attitude and... I think he'd look good in a dress. He's pretty hot. He um, is hot. So let's talk about your transition to writing horror stories. Why? Where did? Why did you go there? I just I love the genre, and um, I have a, a thing for serial killers. I've I've always been fascinated by the serial killer thing, whether they're real or fictional. Um, did you base her on any particular, or did you do a conglomeration? Because we all know the famous story of Silence of the Lambs that does a conglomeration of serial killers. Right. Right, because that's Buffalo Bill, John Wayne Gacy, and whatever his name was that um, killed uh, his mom. can't think of his name right now. The one up in Wisconsin. Anyway, so I know it was a conglomeration of them. So did you... Well, Buffalo Bill was a conglomeration of serial killers, but also Hannibal Lecter was based on a doctor in Mexico who was rumored to eat his patients. Well, that's that's definitely... Surgeon. Sexy. You know, and... In all fairness, though, that's not specifically addressed, like in the Hippocratic Oath. Yeah, no, it's not actually. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> that's probably in why it's so Hippocratic. <laughs> I mean, it might be, it might be implied, but something about do no harm. But I don't see how cannibalism is covered under that. It seems less wasteful, you know. Right, I'm down with that. I mean, I'm not. I I don't really want my doctor to like eat my organs or something, especially if they're infested with something awful. But. It happens. I don't know. Is that better or worse? No, I don't that's know. true. I really would like to de- develop a sense of, of smell like Hannibal Lecter has, though. Oh. Like, like he can smell disease on people. 
Yeah, no, that's true. I thought that was really cool. I love that we got off on this topic of where you got the serial killer from. So well, I'm looking you, at this. I'm looking Dex, at this blurb. Dexter's actually my Bible, and I'm pretty sure I told Jeff Lindsay that. I'm like, I use that as like my my Bible for my serial killer. I think I think we should read this summary. Okay, you, Austin, <laughs> you have the so sexiest the, voice at the table. You read the summary. Brittany Cage is a college graduate, entrepreneur, and serial killer. She owns the top temp agency in Tampa, growing rather influential in the community. When Alex Charles walks through her door looking for a job, his life is forever changed in ways he never imagined. He only wants stability in his life and knows that's what he'll have if he can get something permanent. What Alex doesn't know is that Brittany has decided he needs to die, and she must be the one to kill well, that's a sucky job interview. <laughs> <laughs> Worst job interview ever. <laughs> the interview um, actually went really well no, for him. I, he I, got I, a job. I, <laughs> it's just know. what happened after wasn't yeah. all that great Okay, for him. good news, bad news type of situation. There. Yes. Actually, good news, you get a paycheck. Bad news, you won't be able to spend it. So this yes. is... So this is a great premise. Does this premise permeate the entire coming series, or is it yes. e- each one is going to be a standalone? No. No standalones. Okay. I mean, there there may be because I have so many more reasons than thirteen. So we're going to see. Murder. We're going to see. Brittany so there will probably be like over and shorts over again. or novelettes yeah. or something okay. either in between. I'm I'm currently on a quarterly release schedule, which doesn't necessarily allow right now for me to um, for me to write shorts in between but that's because i'm a focus on writing one thing getting it done kind of writer where there's other writers who can be like oh i can write three stories at once and you know there's people who do the rapid release and i'm like that means i would have to buy all 13 covers up front and everything like i basically have to sit on it and wait to release it if i'm gonna do rapid release at least for for my writing pace so quarterly uh releases um It'll be the last Saturday of the first month of the quarter every year, every quarter this year. That's math I'm not unwilling to do after I just <laughs> drank most of my drink. So um, it's basically January 26th, um, April 26th, July 26th, and October 25th, I think it is. Okay, I trust you on that. That's, again, still math that I wasn't paying attention to because there's numbers. Just go to my website. Yeah. We, we will. We get to shameless and, and what is And what is your website? Oh, well, we'll get into yeah. it right away. It okay. is www.amanda-birdwithay.com. And you can sign up for my newsletter there, get all the fun stuff, get a free story. Actually, you get two now. But that free story is actually meant to be read between... The first book, which is Politeness Kills, and Meathead, which is the one that comes out at the end of this month. Super excited. Very cool. So um, tell us a little bit about your writing process. So how do you <laughs> um, completely... So me and Austin talk about this regularly on the podcast because me and him are, I feel like, opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to our writing styles. Even though we've written a book together, we opposite sides of the spectrum because he's very much like a plotter and he does the whole thing and lists it out. And I'm like, cool, I know where it's going to end. Let me just take my weird, crazy way of driving there with lots of pitfalls. So how do you write? Explain that to us. What is your writing process? Well, Austin, if you're a diehard plotter, we may or may not be able to remain friends. Um, I am 100% proud pantser. 100% proud pantser. I write, I scribble notes in a notebook and I have a dedicated note. I your pants looked pretty proud today. Yeah. They are. They're very proud. They fit. So, and they're comfortable. So I really can't complain. Uh, (laughs) 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 All right. I can. I'm actually wearing pants, but we won't go there. Determine friendship. I mean, friendship. Some people are so diehard on their plotting. They're like, you're just disorganized with the rest of your life. And I'm going. I, I don't really care how other people write, you know? Like, I, I mean, it doesn't bother me. Two planners and three calendars. Else, I'm yeah. a lunatic when it comes to making sure I'm organized, except when it comes to my writing process. Like, I just, I have a, note, a dedicated notebook and I write at the top of the notebook which book it is, um, or the top of the page which book it, I'm working on. And then I just start listing. It's, it's almost like bullet points of of things I need to include in the story and um, 
if I forget one, I generally remember and I'm like, oh, well, let's go back and figure out where we can put that in. Or now I, I have this thing where I look at it as I'm, as I take, I do writing sprints. I do 20 minute writing sprints and I do anywhere from four to eight a day, depending on what my deadline is and if I've slacked off or if life's gotten in the way and I need to throw in some extra hours that day. Um, I can get about 2000 words a day in on that, which if I do it five days a week, I'm at 10K a week, even though I know you're supposed to write every day. I don't always write every day. Um, however, I'm you're still thinking about uh, Most I, people encourage it. I wasn't aware because of it that. Because it becomes a really, it becomes habit and you're just like. Am I going to get in trouble with somebody because I haven't been doing that? No. I mean, <laughs> By the that's way, on you. By a writer ticket system. You, I'm sure you've got many tickets accumulated you have to pay for. <laughs> but it's actually fascinating you have to pay to some say fines. <laughs> It's fascinating you say that because we have talked to a lot of authors that have that sort of, um, or are attempting to have that diligence on writing re- regularly so that they, but I think it depends on the author and whether or not you, when you sit down, you can just do it. Do you get writer's block? Sometimes, yeah. That's why there's days where I won't, I won't write because I just, I will, I will, I learned the hard way, do not force the story because then it just, it doesn't end very well, um. It doesn't sound like your stories end very well anyway there. <laughs> no, there's People no such die. thing as a happy ending where I come from. Because seriously, like, really? There's no. Mm-mm. Well, not if they're serial killers. There's going to be many unhappy endings. Well, it kind of depends on well, what I kind mean, of serial killer. Ending. I guess they could have a happy ending and then an unhappy ending, depending on the kind of serial killer. Oh, oh Erica. Well, like, oh. Like, like Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> Just took it to a whole realm of completely sadistic sex. Go ahead, Dexter. Well, you, were, you were speaking of Dexter. Yes. <laughs> so the TV series and the book series widely diverged after about season two. I don't know if you guys have yep. seen both yep. or you know seen and read. Most people are like, oh, I've only seen the TV show. I've never read the book. So you should totally read the books because people who should have died before season seven totally get killed by like book two. And they're like, oh, really? And I'm like... That's reason enough to read the first two books, right? At least. And then maybe decide if you want to continue. Um, I really, really like the way that that was done. Uh, apparently, you is also taking the same direction. The you, t- the you Netflix series with the books, they're diverging as well from what I'm reading well, feedback-wise. You know and he's technically a serial killer. He is. I think that when, you, when it comes to books versus movies, as we open up that particular chapter we're about to talk about... You know, a book is a really, it's a long thing. So when we're talking about a a book, you get hours and hours of somebody's time to read the book. When you're talking about a movie, you have, or a TV show or anything, you have a very brief window of time that you have to show things and you take away a person's somewhat imagination on some topics because most good authors don't over-describe a character or over-describe a scene. You kind of create it in your mind. Like you have an idea of what the author is saying, but if the author is getting too literal about exactly what the person looks like, it's, but you, you know, it's interesting is that I think that when it comes to a TV show, since you can't put everything in a book into a TV show or a series, you just, there's no way to put everything there you have to diverge into what you can show. And, you know, so I, th- I think as much as people are like, well, it's not like the book. Of course it's not like the book. It's never going to be like the book. Well, that's like asking Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. I fight with this. I yell at this movie every time I watch it, which it's like once a week. Movie, just gonna because it is, it's wildly different from the book, but the rest of the movies are essentially spot on. And it, they do leave out some key details, which... Is kind of disturbing. So I'm like, you do have the people who aren't going to read the books because they just don't read. So maybe you should do something about the key details so that may be missing. You yell at the movie. You yell at I, the movie. I like, do. I yell at it because is, that is the one movie that just does not really match the book. Is that fulfilling? And then and then I che- yelling at the movie. Well, no, the the cheering at the movie okay. when um oh Cedric dies. Is- yes. <laughs> <laughs> cheers cheers <laughs> I get all excited and I post that shit on Facebook I'm like yeah man <laughs> so I'm like oh Twilight's about to die again so do you do you do you actually feel that you probably should not have a murder committed anywhere near you for fear of them knocking on your door no not at all yeah 
You're good. Yeah. So how do you do your research for this? Because I know. <laughs> she goes out and kills people. Well, well it, it's um... funny you say this because I actually was in a history class in high school. And you killed a bunch of people? Um, I'm going to get to that. You know, Austin, do not give away the punchline of my story. Sorry. Can Why you, do you do always that? Oh, do I'm that. trying to take a drink because Erica will wear it. <laughs> Why are you spitting on me and not him? What the because hell? I'm looking that way. Sorry. Okay. That way, by the way. That indicates to all Toward of our Erica. Um, when I was, I had a history teacher and I really actually hated homework and that was a thing. But I hated history. He so. said if I did some extra credit that I could get my grade up. My grade was hovering around a CD at that time. Is this a real story or is this a No, this premise? is a real story. I feel like this Just is a real thing. Me, Get to the point of the story, Austin. <laughs> anyway, by the way, this history teacher was super cute. But if you um, want to pass my class, you're going to need some extra, extra credit. credit. Yeah. College or high school? I really wish it that was the case. I would have had a much better high school <laughs> time. But um, I when, one of actually. the things I decided to do was I decided to do a, a equivalent of a book report on serial killers. And I would like to everybody to keep in mind, even though I don't like saying this out loud and for to be memorialized, I had a library, not the internet, when I went to do this. Like, I had to study at a library book and look at papers. Yeah, that kind of thing. And so I did a lot of studying of serial killers and wrote my report on that. Now, whether that was indicative of my future self, we're not going to get into that today. That's a much longer podcast. (laughs) But what was interesting is doing the research and more the methodology on how they were caught and sort of mm-hmm. their thought process from what they communicated along the way. Because, like, Bundy was one of the people that absolutely talked to the press all the time. There are several serial killers or people who are labeled serial killers, and serial killers are labeled after you kill two or more people in a similar fashion. It used to be three. They lowered it to two, which is kind of infuriating. I'll tell you what, standards just fall in these days. I just think that's the dumbest rule ever. So so am I allowed to use my normal language? This is an adult podcast okay, where just you're drinking. Sure. I mean, I don't well, I wasn't sure some people were going to let their kids listen to it. I mean, if I you have let your kids listen. To I it, have some fun fucked. friends that do yeah. shit like that, but yeah. Oh, wow, I don't have to feel so proper anymore. So, <laughs> so we were getting like the edited version of you up to yeah. this point. Yeah, that was slightly edited. Um, did you notice there was not a single f bomb anywhere in anything I said? No, we didn't because I now? said fuck like three times. So I didn't, I didn't notice even that notice that it. Holy shit! So yeah. anyway. <laughs> Damn! I should just get fuck tattooed across my forehead. I'm kidding. I'm totally wow. That would be a bad tattoo. You'd I do have be, eat the rude on my my right forearm. Yeah, it's a Hannibal eat, thing. Eat and then the I have rude. Dexter, um, the name of his boat with blood spatter. Which the blood spatter is actually the same blood spatter as on my my bookmarks. It's the same blood spatter on my collarbone, and it's basically so for my those logo. fans out there, we're gonna have our producer Adam, who's our podcast consigliere. Um, take pictures of this so we can post them as part of this podcast. Anyway, continue on. <laughs> so, um, oh, God. Uh, the Trulies are kicking in, and what were you talking about? No, the my dumb. brain's been like this all week. I literally lost track in the middle of... You were talking about how mad you are that serial killers are only Yeah, so the, the, the Tampa serial killer, or whatever the hell they're calling him, like, this motherfucker just ran up and shot people. Dude, all you did was hit them with a Glock 9mm. You, you shot them once in the head and you're a fucking serial killer. I'm sorry, but I feel like that's an insult to serial killers who, like... He killed, like, six people, though. He only killed three. Mm-mm. He killed, like, Oh, six. they found more? Yeah, no, he killed there six There were more that he killed people. because... There was a philosophy on this. Not that I want to put him in the hall. Well, of I remember. I only remember the the three well, that got him labeled on the that, news because don't we call the that a mass murderer. No, you have to. No, mass you have to. That has to. That's people all like in the same spot at the same time. Hmm. And honestly, those people don't deserve any recognition at all. Serial killers, however, some of them are fucking creative. And then there's Aileen Wernos, who I'm sorry, but I kind of dig making fun of her because she was a professional lot lizard and. No, I know who she is. You no, don't pause on her No, podcast. like most people are like, who? what's a lot lizard? So, yeah, lot well, lizard, professional a- prostitute that hung out at truck stops. But she killed truck drivers. Seven people, FYI. They were all truck drivers. And it turns out she actually, actually had an accomplice. All, they weren't all truck drivers. No, one of them was not. The yeah. guy at the, at the gas station that she hijacked was not a truck driver. She just needed his car to get away. And that's how she wound up getting caught because... 
somebody at the gas station was able to identify her. And also she had an accomplice. If you're going to serial kill people, why the fuck would you have an accomplice? Like, why would you bring someone else into your bullshit like that where you know there's a chance you're going to get caught? Strangler were two people, cousins. Yes. So that happened. Um, Okay, so hang on. If you <laughs> if you're only a mass murderer, if you kill a bunch of people at the same time and place, yes, and then a serial killer has to kill people in two the or same more. In, two or more or three or more, depending on your generation, apparently, mm-hmm. um, using a similar methodology. Then what do you just call somebody who kills a bunch of people? Um, it really depends. I think it depends on the uh, when you're saying a bunch of people, you mean just randomly going. I, I, I think, actually cite, well, I don't cite in here, but in my acknowledgments, that, I actually, right? um, I, I, I bought a homicide investigation textbook that, uh, it's the same one that Thomas Harris used back in the eighties when he wrote the, uh, the Hannibal series. Yeah. Um, and there's also an FBI serial, it's on their website, it's a report on the, uh, for free online, um, the FBI serial murder multidisciplinary perspectives for investigators report. I used that as well to to look things up and figure out what actually kind of defined a serial murderer and killer and such. And, so. and Brittany Cage, just to clarify, is a serial killer. Yes. Okay. Serial okay. killer, serial murderer, same thing. Yeah. I mean, kill, murder. Yeah. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. Okay. Well, now that we're talking about death in such a grandiose and yet... A- obscure way so i guess sort of um we're gonna take a break so um we will be back in a couple of moments and hopefully less people will, will die greatest will way done, done, done. <laughs> hey thank you for listening to drinking with authors we wanted to let you know that if you're an aspiring author out there and you'd like to be on our podcast you can email us at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com Or if you guys have a question, comment, want to tell us some little tidbit of interesting news, you can always direct message us or comment on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We love that you're listening. We love that you're out there. And we look forward to hearing from you. Her truly, as she (laughs) was taking way too long. Per Erica. Per me. Per me, per me, per me. And... We've opened a new one, so um, she has to put on her headphones. She can't hear anything. That's our guest happening. is chugging, and oh, our guest is unconscious. Yes, <laughs> and our guest, our guest is on is... the floor. I guess it's just Erica and I now. <laughs> her SUV is still in the driveway, and uh, somebody's blocked in. Okay, so you wanted to do a couple shout-outs, so we will I, let you do some shout-outs. I do. I really need to um, thank uh, a small handful of people. Uh, first... Uh, I mentioned my brand with the with the blood spatter and such, and I never would have realized it was my brand had it not been pointed out to me. Thanks to Nathan Van Coops for inviting me to his yearly um, Nink conference luncheon because there I met a lot of great people, um, great authors. They're killing it in the industry. Nathan's killing it. Um, Made some good friends. Um, Mark Leslie Lefave is actually who told me that the blood spatter was kind of my was my author brand, and I didn't really was believe that based it. Based on like coming over to your house and noticing that blood was spattered <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> no, no, that was based on my tattoo um, and a couple other things. Like I said, it's on my collarbone, so. As long as I'm not wearing, as long as I'm just. As long as in, she's shirtless, you can see yes, her shirtless. Yeah, for, the, for those of you who don't know, she's for actually sitting record, here shirtless right now, completely covered in blood. For the record, I was not shirtless <laughs> at that. Um, no, everybody actually asked if they could see it because I was wearing kind of a V-neck shirt and they were only able to see part of it. And they're like, we're not staring at your chest. And I mean, I get it. But in and in the era of Me Too, it, I guess people need to say like we're not staring at you in a sexual way like i get it but my tattoos are also kind of largely on display like the one on my my cheshire cat on the back of my neck when my hair is up you're being stared at by this creepy looking cheshire cat face and then just below that you see the tip of fairy wings so if i'm in a tank top you're gonna see my fairy wings you're gonna see my 
immurement of the Raven because the Cask of Amontillado is my favorite Poe story, but I wanted to do something Raven also because everybody's got that stupid Nevermore crap, and I wanted to be original about it. Yeah, okay, and, so and you've my, got the bloody butcher knife on your forehead. I know. Yeah, actually, yeah. I was going to do that on my on my left side collarbone. Believe it or not, because I actually have a picture of the prop, the custom knife that they made that Dexter used in the TV series. I was actually going to get that on my left collarbone. I do want another collarbone tattoo. For the record, I only have eight tattoos. Um, what are we putting on? That is now on the record. Not- notice how I say only eight because I'm kind of, I have so a thing for We can tell that tattoos. we got her to chug her beverage because she got diverse. I, I did. No, this okay. is interesting. Let's I'm just let her really keep going. Here, okay? Like having a conversation with me is. I will jump from, damn it, topic to topic. Okay, so you've got, um, I've got what looks like a kanji on your it's arm. A, it's a seven and a D. It's for the band Seven Dust. They have a song okay. called Failure that just kind of hit home at the time that it was released. And I spent the vast majority of my life being told that I wasn't going to be anything. And the song is about, you know, the same thing. I was, you know, I was told I was going to be a failure and here I'm not a failure. Um, they're actually a super awesome rock band. Um, and then on my right forearm bone ish, it says eat the rude because Hannibal Lecter, um, left forearm is a death eater symbol because I identified as a Slytherin long before I took the Pottermore quiz and it was Hail just, com- I'm a Slytherin as well. I think More cheers. like a fucking Hufflepuff or something. Oh Jesus Christ. Really? Twilight? <sighs> Now, see, here's, <gasps> here's the thing. That might be a new nickname. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Anyone you who reads Harry Potter is a Hufflepuff. What? what? <laughs> Tone. <laughs> Tone. Because people who aren't Hufflepuffs aren't going to sit around reading children's books about wizards. <laughs> 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 so, I mean. Okay. This is, and now we've eliminated J.K. Rowling from ever being willing to be on this podcast. Okay, good. Oh darn, she's gonna well, she's gonna cancel other for next week. We've eliminated her from that, but we won't talk about that. Okay, so you're thinking people. Yes. Why I am. am I the one getting somebody back on top? No, she was listing her tattoos. Because right? I am Sorry, the most tattoos. random person anyone has ever met. So for my blurbs, I have to I have to thank again Nathan because if it wasn't for Nathan Van Coops, I would not have met Ernie who hooked me up, Ernie Dempsey who hooked me up with his editor Jason. Um, Jason is rewriting my blurb for 13 Reasons for Murder, Politeness Kills, and he's writing the one. He's just he's officially my blurb writer for the entire series. Um, Jason is absolutely amazing. I never asked him how to pronounce his last name, so I don't really know (laughs) if it's witted or whited. It's he's he's awesome. Um, Jason W H I T E D dot com. He's he's great and he's super affordable editor. Um, I've got him working on a short story for me right now. He actually doesn't. He's one of the few editors I've come across that won't change your voice, which is amazing um so yeah he's he's great um and And then obviously guest that was on last couple weeks podcast before you go ahead i know you want yeah mark muncie if it if it wasn't for mark muncie i don't i i definitely would not have a writing career at all um mark contacted me Quite some time ago, probably somewhere around 2015, um, when I first published. Oh, yes, in the, in the old days. <laughs> in the old days. <laughs> in the old days. I mean, I'm almost Long 40, ago, so in the, in the midst I feel of time. like it's like, yes. I mean, and with with technology and everything, you know, last year feels like it could be 10 years ago, though I'm also the same person that goes, oh, 1980 was like 30 years ago. Shit, I'm almost 40. No, it wasn't. Um, You're not supposed to age us on podcasts. That's, that's hey, that's a rule of. Did you not read the fine print of being on our podcast? Is hey, I didn't age, age you guys. I aged me, sort of. It's actually kind of vague. It's vague. Yes. So, so without Mark, um, Mark actually contacted me back in 2015 to come to Books of Park Place, which I cannot wait to go to the new store. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, I get louder. No, it's okay. It You're happens. doing good. You're doing um, great. Got to go to the new store and, and hook up something, maybe for the launch of Meathead. Who knows? Um, need to talk to the owner there. So if it wasn't for Mark and all of his support and Carrie and Elizabeth and and our, our whole little kind of group, I don't think. And then obviously Tiffany and Wordier Than Thou, they've been a big impact because I, I wouldn't know you two 
if it wasn't for being involved with Wordier Than Now at all. Which is a local Florida-based uh, author support and literary support group, so you can find them on wordierthannow.com. Yes. The board Keep of which Pete both Lit, Erica I and I serve. Yes, we're on the board of directors. Of and you guys are part there. of Keep St. Keep St. Pete Lit, correct? Tangentially. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a, Keep St. Pete Lit is its own thing, but they also do, but you do a, a similar, with them. similar mission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Okay. I, I think it's great that St. Petersburg has not one, but two it's, community literary arts organizations. It's I such mean, a lively literary <laughs> arts And I think area. that's an, important for any author. I don't have are, that in Hillsborough County. Oh, wow. So I think as an author, you should look out to see what literary support groups you have in your area or near your area. Oh, yes. So that you can do that. Especially if they're willing to accept you because you're not necessarily in the area. Like there are some St. Pete organizations that say no because I live in Hillsborough, but Hillsborough doesn't have anywhere near. Like we don't have the arts district we don't really have any of that. We just have Eborn downtown. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, St. Petersburg is objectively better. Okay, you're only saying that because <laughs> you live in St. Petersburg. I don't know how that's objectively better. Anyway, okay, back to writing. Who are um, who are some of your influencers? Like when you decided to write, what? Who were your influencers that? Um, I mean, obviously, the author of Dexter. We we've we've solidly <laughs> we've, we've got we've tattoos. made it very solid that yes. Jeff Lindsay is a huge influence on my life. Um, and you got to meet Jeff Lindsay, right? No, I was supposed to go. I was supposed to drive up to Neptune Beach, and then I decided not to. And then I'm like, all right, well, the next day is Delray. But seriously, who wants to drive from Tampa to Delray on a Friday? That's true. So I didn't go. So okay. I, but I do still have a gift for Mr. Lindsay whenever. I find are you, are you my way. Tell him? We don't have to put that on the podcast. I feel like that. Oh my gosh, no. I want to give that man the biggest hug in the whole wide world. And Is that the gift? <laughs> I, part of it, yes. Um, I would love to give him the biggest hug in the whole wide world for creating Dexter. And I actually just picked up his new book, uh, Just Watch Me, against my bank account's wishes. Um, but I don't really care. No, because awesome. once a reader, always a reader. I also picked up R.A. Salvatore, Boundless, but I'm missing quite a few. So my big influences, obviously, with moving into the the, the fantasy and the dark fantasy and all that fun stuff was R.A. Salvatore. Um, I, I read, I have read every single Drizzt story up until Codex number one, Night of the Hunter. I have to finish that one. I've been reading that for probably seven, eight years now. Um, his so writing just, just that good. Well, no, his <laughs> that book particularly, his writing gets a little intimidating, and I've told him that. Um, I was lucky enough to to have the opportunity again, if it wasn't for Mark Muncie and Nancy Alloy, owner of Books of Park Place. I never would have met Bard's Tower, which is the only traveling celebrity bookstore in the country. They go to different cons and such. Um, you can find them on Facebook, Bard's, B-A-R-D apostrophe S, Tower. Uh, the gentleman who owns its name is Alexi Vandenberg. He's he's great to work with. He's a, he's a good person. Um, I will say I no longer am part of the tower, just... Because it's a business decision for me, it's it's better to not be there. Um, I have my own confirmed table at Tampa Bay Comic Con this year, which I know I will see him at. But I've I've been lucky enough to the first year I met them, I volunteered with them, and I worked with I worked alongside Michael Stackpole. I was kind of like his assistant that day, which was or that weekend, which was absolutely amazing. I learned a lot of different things from him. Those pens are actually at his behest. He said it, it gets kind of expensive, but if when you could, he's like when you can afford it, you you get the pens and you put your information on those because people always need a pen. And he's not wrong. People, can I have more than one? Yes, absolutely. Go right ahead. You're the whole reason why I even get these in the first place. So thanks so to my stack for the record, if that. you check out Amanda Bird and you see where she's located, she is more than fun and more than gracious as a reader to come and buy her book and pick up her swag and be with her. And she loves doing panels. Panels are fun. So, um... What do you what do you think that um, you know when you it comes to marketing and stuff like that? How have you found your way on marketing the book? 
I, f- I found a, a couple different ways. I think my favorite way is going to be bargain booksy because I don't ever discount my books to free. Um, there is a lot of debate in the indie author community about discounting your books to free, even if it's just a Kindle countdown. I am not Kindle Unlimited with my Serial Killer series. However, I am with the dark fantasy series, the Dr. Van Wolf saga, the box that is not Kindle Unlimited. However, you can only purchase it on Amazon due to uh, terms and conditions from Amazon for being Kindle Unlimited. Um, I found Bargain Booksy to be my favorite promotion tool, as well as uh, BookBub, who offers um, pay-for-click or cost-per-click and... uh, cost per meal ads. I find the cost per click actually works out better and cheaper um, than the cost per meal, depending on how big of a name you have and, and how well you... What's the cost per meal? It's per thousand people. So you'll pay a certain amount per thousand people that see it versus people that click on it, which Amazon is also a cost per click kind of thing. And you bid so much per day and you bid such per... like. Currently, I'm running category ads um, in a couple different categories. In some categories, I'm bidding 75 cents because the maximum is like a dollar or over a dollar. And some of them I'm only bidding, you know, 30, 40, 50 cents because the maximum is so much lower. It just depends on the category. And honestly, it really depends on the time of day, too. Um, nighttime seems to be the fun, easy, cheaper time to run ads, I'm noticing, at least with Amazon. Um, because, well, actually, it's not really. Actually, I don't know, it's cheaper to run ads. But Amazon also just opened up France, Italy, and another country for us. So we're slowly being able to advertise worldwide. That's very cool. Okay, so let's talk about something for a second. Reviews. So tell me (laughs) your favorite kind of reviews. Because we've heard authors say, you know, obviously they love the positive reviews. How do you feel about the negative reviews? The negative reviews are good because they help you grow as an author. Like even even ones that are three star, you know, there's especially with a three star, they're bound to list something they didn't like or a couple of things they didn't like or how the author did this and the author did that. I mean, I do the same thing with my book reviews when I'm reading someone else's book. Like there was actually one in the Dexter series that I gave a three star because I thought it was just long and drawn out and kind of felt forced. Whereas Hannibal Rising, I believe I gave that a two star review because that really, really felt forced. That book was time. I will never get back. That movie was time. I will never get back. Um, what do you think of one-star reviews? Like, when you get a one-star it, review, I, how do you look at the reviews? If I actually see the review, because I don't always read the reviews. I mean, I do try to because they do help in a, I guess, marketing aspect because you can use them as an editorial review. You can use them as, like, a praise for type thing. So your the inside of your book looks more like a trad-published book. Um, one-stars are actually... There are generally people who are not your target audience. They didn't like the book and they will say, this book wasn't for me. And I've, I have one stars that actually say this, this just wasn't for me. Okay. Can you do us a favor? And if it wasn't for you, just don't review. You know, the thing though is if, like, they that's review, kind of, if you're somebody who, and we, I talked about this on a previous podcast because a friend of mine told me about a review on Yelp. And this was one of my favorite funny things to mention is the person said the food was great. The server was awesome. The lime in my Moscow mule was not as fresh as it could be. One star. Wow. And, and I think that, it, you know, that's when, a five star review to me. Yeah, exactly. But I think when you're I would have left five reviews, stars anyway, you look at what the person is saying, what they didn't like about it. Any, any reviews that are not perfect. You look at what the person is saying, because just somebody going, wow, this was awesome. That's great. But Austin, you had an entire blog that you put together about reviewing and commenting on books. And I thought it was, it's, it's pretty profound because it's not just going, yay, this is cool. Cause that doesn't really help somebody. Yeah, no, that definitely doesn't help. But also one star, not my cup of tea drags our total rating down. And if it's not your cup of tea, then why are you going to bother? 
But they paid for it, so give them credit for buying it for yes. you. Oh no, these this Thank is coming from this Thank is coming from people who get it for free in exchange for an honest review. Email me, tell me it's not your cup of tea. Cool, I'll take you off of the list and make sure that you know you won't get any further books in the series. Yeah, it's it's not. And that's my thing. Like, if you have any problems whatsoever, like if it's if it's too disturbing, if if you think it shouldn't be published, whatever, email me. Like, I am that kind of person. I will email you back. I will ask you, what didn't you like? You know, what can I change? If you loved it, but you only gave it a four star review, okay. What can I change? What can I make? What can I do to make that a five star review from you? you I'm very. You, I try to interact as much as possible. Do you change your writing based on what your fans say? Depending. Ooh, if this it's, isn't interesting because I don't if it's, talk to an author. If that it's changes. something like I do, I do have an upcoming story planned. Um, a friend of mine is, I absolutely need this friend. And we talked about it at lunch on Thursday that I actually almost missed because I thought Thursday was Wednesday. Legitimately believed Wednesday It is, Thursday. actually. A lot yeah. of people don't know that. Well, this yeah. week threw me Th- off because Thursday of having is Wednesday, Wednesday. Off. In fact, every, every day is Wednesday except for Monday. Monday is Tuesday. I love Mondays. I'm, I am that weirdo. <laughs> I am that weirdo. Okay. Well, now, now you and Austin aren't friends. <laughs> I have, I have a, a story that um, I know I could catch a lot of flack for. But here's the thing. My friends actually ask me if, especially with this series, can you kill me in your books? I'm sorry, what? The first friend that actually ever asked me that, I just kind of looked at him and I was like, what did you just say to me? And he's like, I want to die in one of your books. I said, all right, cool. You can be... You can be the series opener, and you'll just you'll I'll change you enough unless you want to sign a contract. Can me and Austin die in one of your next books? That would be cool. Wouldn't hey, speak it? for yourself. You don't want to die in one of her books. How about you survive and I die? What there are no survivors. I mean, there's a small handful of survivors, but you could be in the handful. Of Things Austin. are getting weird here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's only fiction. I promise. I don't think that's She said that. as she jots down in her personal notebook. Who yeah. to kill. Get this, get this wild-eyed look. I don't who know. I love, <laughs> who I don't. Um, so, yeah, my friends just... I, I actually said something on Facebook the other, one day about how the character was stalking around someone's house trying to figure out what room she was going to kill him in and how. And one of my friends turned around and commented, can I please die in one of your books? Can I please be killed? And I'm like, wow, okay. So... You know, do you do you want to sign a contract that yes, I have permission <laughs> to use your absolute one hundred percent likeness, or do you just want to want me to change you so much that we can't really tell it to you, and I'll change the names and stuff? Have you written a lot of people that you know into your books? So, Absolutely. like a friend of mine who um, was on our first podcast, actually, J.M. Paquette, her book she wrote based on the Dungeons & Dragons game we played. And she wrote <laughs> the awesome. characters. It's amazing. It's it, it's an amazing series. But I realized it was funny because when she rewrote the series, this is years later, I'm reading it and I'm like, wait, <laughs> wait a goddamn minute. And I realized that my character is... Is actually the voice of reason in the book, but she's a total bitch. And I'm like, wait a minute, is this me? Time out. And, and <laughs> what the fuck? I was like, what wait. planet is that? Yeah, exactly. So, I would like to go there because I might. Well, no, yes. I'll probably be the serial killer. Never mind. So, do you? You're, you're going to be the serial not that they killer exist in every in D&D. every alternate reality, every dimension. Yeah. So regardless you, of whether people have goatees or not, you're always the serial killer. <laughs> If Spoiler you have a goatee, alert. you may be a serial killer. Is that where you're going? No, I, I think he meant if I was killing, like, if you have a goatee, I should kill you. Or my character, should, sorry, my character, Brittany, should kill you. Okay, so. Is that a reason for murder? I'm, I guess, you know, with uh, with your characters, almost anything could be a reason for murder. So you're saying you want to be a short story? <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. See, here's the thing. It's like you people are all like, you know, I write my friends as characters. I write these people I know as characters. I'm like, you do realize that as an author, you can make stuff up, right? Oh, I totally do. I <laughs> totally do. do. But personality-wise, yeah, one of my best friends. I said to her, I said, hey, I said, um... So I may or may not have decided to use you as a character. And she goes, well, am I a total bitch like in real life? And I'm like, actually, no, you're the complete fucking opposite. And she's like, okay, perfect. So because I've changed this person's character, this person's character based on this person enough, I don't necessarily have to worry about like copyright or legalities well, or whatever. Exactly. And we go and she actually say the person's name. I'm just wondering because I think Well, a lot I, of- I always make sure that it's okay. Like, do you do you want to go the route where we sign a contract that I can make the character be exactly like you? Or do you want to go the route where I change the character so much that 
no one has any idea that it's you unless I tell them or I give them one of your personality quirks that's kind of like a telltale of who you are. Do you base any characters off yourself? Fuck yes. Okay. <laughs> so no pause for yeah, that. Yeah, you want to think about it? No, no, because people ask me that all the time. That's like are one you, of the biggest questions I get. Are you Cage? I am not Brittany Cage. Um, Brittany Cage is is definitely based on me to a point. Um, she is also... People say they like her, but they don't like her, which kind of makes them feel a little normal. That was actually one of my reviews on Amazon, which I thought was really cool because she's like, I want to like her, but I don't want to like her because she's a serial killer. But you can kind of sort of like empathize with her, which is really cool. She's like, so I guess that makes me feel kind of normal. And I'm like, that's an awesome review. Like that was kind of one of my favorites because people have an issue reading characters that they can't identify with. Do you um have a... Like, is there anything you I can't identify time? with a serial killer, but I fucking love them. I think they're fascinating <laughs> as hell. That's not where I was going. I Sorry. appreciate that that's where you went with that. <laughs> I, I Number one rule if you're going to serial kill people, leave your fucking phone home. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> but um, do you oh. find it difficult? Is there any particular writing or any particular character you find difficult to write? There are times where I will write certain things like in, in politeness kills there is a part where Brittany said something about you know oh I can only imagine how the arresting officers felt when they went into H.H. Holmes's house or Ted I think it was Ted Bundy's house and suddenly I've never really smelled a dead body but suddenly this just rancid flesh stench because anyone who suffered like a major wound or surgery and has dealt with, you know, the, the wound itself. And, you know, the first day or two after a surgery, you're, Here, you're, would you, would you're you kind like of some cheese? <laughs> and you can't, <laughs> is that blue cheese? Cause that's the stinkiest and the best. Um, <laughs> where, the hell, where are you going? He's been asking me since the cheese plate has been put out. Can you reach the cheese? Can you reach the cheese? <laughs> because we do believe that cheese should be a religion. Yes. Okay, so she can't so, read the cheese. But the question is, like, when you're it writing... Was, it was one of those things where, like, I... The bile just rose in the back of my throat, and I had to hit the save button and get up and walk away from my computer for a few minutes to... I went outside for fresh air because I just couldn't get the smell of rancid. I mean, H.H. H. Holmes hid bodies in his walls and his floors, and... Bundy hid them under his house. So Gacy I mean, hid them under his house. That's what it was, Gacy. Yeah. How do you like and people lived in that house. How do you not smell that? Seriously. Like that was my other issue. Like how I you live in this house. You're here what, sixteen well, hours a day? Same, how do you not notice that? The same thing happened with Dahmer, and I think there's uh an inherent thing. It's interesting you write about serial killers and you know, me and you have talked many times because I also. I'm don't pissed have- that Dahmer is dead. For the like, yeah. I need to make that known. I would love to talk to him just because I want to know his mindset. But I think when it comes to that, like he had killed people, it smelled bad, and he kept saying it was fish, it was this. I think he also people, ate them. Yeah, but I think people inherently, when it comes to something that bad or that evil or that terrible. We, by default, as humans, tend to want to not have that be the case. So we justified. I think that's true with a lot of things like in life is that you, you feel like that thing is so horrible that we have to put something in the place of that thing because it's easier than confronting that it could be that bad. Like, do you want your neighbor or your husband in the case of Gacy, for instance, to have killed people and buried them under the house? No, you don't want to have that have occurred. So it needs to be some other reason or some other excuse. And I think that's part of you know, why literature can be really fascinating is that you get to go into that world where you can be scared or see that evil or see that level of something that you can't in in real life because it's too terrifying to think that's next door to you. I mean... Yeah. Sounds about right. That yeah. level of evil, nobody wants to, nobody wants to acknowledge that uh, that's no one, real. No one except, like, you... <laughs> Honestly, my husband is an Iraq and Afghanistan war vet, so um, I really hope those people aren't buried under our house, but I'm pretty sure he left them. Like, they're just, they are decomposed by now. It's been a few years. So, um, 
Okay, don't but admit it, from that your a realistic, husband may or may not have killed people under your house. From a don't realistic point of view, would I want them under my house? Absolutely not. Um, would I want to admit that my husband randomly went out and killed people and buried them under the house? Would you just be disappointed with his planning? Probably. <laughs> Probably. You should have run this by me, honey. You should have been like... I um, laid out how not to get caught. Like, you should yeah, have done better. Like, seriously, you want to know how not to get caught? Ask the bitch who watches and reads all this crazy shit because it's technically research. Don't even bother clearing my browser history. Like, I just... It, it is what it is. I have published books, so if the FBI well, wants to it's believe... It's very on-brand for you if, at this if point. The, yeah. If the NSA wants to believe that I'm some crazy person, crazy serial killer, fine, fucking follow me, please. I invite it. I'll invite you in for coffee. So, or is it really for coffee? Or is it for <laughs> murder? <laughs> oh, I'm a coffee and energy drink addict. Okay, but I want to talk about the story itself. Okay. Okay, tell me about the genesis of this story and this <laughs> character. Now, tell me how... Did you, did you set out to say, all right, I want to write a story about serial killers. How is this going to work? Or did you start with a character and realized that she was going to be a serial killer. So the whole 13 reasons for murder thing kind of started as a joke. And then I was like, you know what? By this time next year, I'm going to have at least the first book out. And by October 31st, I had the first book out. Um, so I was, was, I was really was slow at publishing at first. Was it just it was, a concept? It was just a concept. Okay. And then I took some time to think about different reasons like, you know, rude and... <laughs> and um, Someone too polite for their own good, which is the first book. Um, there's, there's so many reasons. Um, there's thirteen of them at least. Yes, yeah, there's way more than thirteen. So where is, did where did Brittany Cage come from? You said she's not entirely you. So I wanted to make it a female because they're so rare, even in reality. That I'm like, oh, let's put one in Females literature. Females are rare. No, female <laughs> serial killers. I'm sorry. Well, that increases their <laughs> shelf for value, the right? Clarification. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> totally increases the shelf value. <laughs> Artificial <laughs> scarcity. You know, like diamonds. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but her name actually came about because I know someone who has this irrational hatred of Nicolas Cage, and Brittany started out as Brittany Johnson, and I'm like, that just sounds like a porn star name, so I really don't like this. What can I change her last name to? And uh, poking fun at him for his... Irrational hatred of Nicolas Cage one day, and I was like, "Thank you for hating Nick Cage because that my my new character has a last name." And then all Johnson was found and replaced in in word with Cage. It was fucking perfect. Like I could not have asked for better timing on that. So Brittany Cage came from that. Oh, and she, her her first name, um, her namesake is a little bit on Britney Spears because I I went through a 2007 Britney thing where I. Was on the so verge of shaving Britney my head. Spears and Nicolas Cage, like having a baby. Oh my God, no, <laughs> no, that would. Wow, I don't suspect that baby would be um, a serial killer, but but, but mean, why not? Really, why not? I mean, that would be awesome. I mean, I, I don't know if if they're listening, that would be cool to throw it by them. See so if maybe they Britney, wouldn't have a kid together. Britney Spears, Nick Cage, by the way. Amanda's yeah. character <laughs> is the love child and serial killer. Of Y'all are just the namesakes. <laughs> You're just the namesakes of this of this child of this character. I promise. Well, we're getting really close. We're getting yes. really close to the end, so it's time for shameless self promotion. Shameless self promotion. So yes, give oh, us joy. all of your social media platforms. How can people find you? Um, my main one that I post the most on is Instagram um, at Amanda underscore Bird with a Y underscore Author. Uh, Facebook, I think it's at Amanda B. Author, not entirely sure. Just search Amanda Bird and look for the picture of the girl with the bat shirt on and the red lipstick because thanks, Ed Massessa, this Urban Decay bad blood red lipstick is my signature. (laughs) Um, People see me now and they're like, hey, you're not wearing your red lipstick. (laughs) Um, Goodreads. Just search for authors Amanda Bird, and again, my website is www.amanda-birdwithay.com. I find it necessary to specify that because people are like, "Oh, it's with an I," and then when they Somebody see it with a Y, they mispronounce it. Like, yeah, right. B i r d w i t h a y. Well, people are like Miss Beard. No. Where do you get Beard? It's a Y. It's Bird. 
So I want to thank you for coming on our amazing podcast. This has been Drinking with Authors. Um, And you didn't kill us yet. By the way, if she does. I don't feel safe, though. I'm really not going to kill anyone. I hope not. I'm just putting this on public record. But you can reach us. I might steal your coasters, though. Yeah, you can totally steal my coasters. Drinking with Authors um, on Twitter. We are drinking W authors because we're not allowed to have a really long name and we're <laughs> drinking with authors on Facebook and on Instagram. And I want to thank you again for being here. You've been amazing. That's been thank Erica Lance, me. Amanda Bird and Amanda Bird with a Y with a Y <laughs> and and Austin Scott Collins. And we look forward to hearing, having you listen to us again. I'd say hearing from you, but you're just going to hear from us. So yay for drinking. Cool. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>